What's going on, y'all? You have just tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast. On this show, I invite black photographers, filmmakers, editors, and creative business folks to discuss their experiences and share their wisdom. You will hear about their work, their challenges, and their inspirations. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, a creative director, photographer, and filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. So if you dig photography and you love the culture, keep your mind open and your headphones locked. This is the Black Shutter Podcast. Twenty twenty two was interesting. I ended twenty twenty one with COVID, leading into twenty twenty two with COVID. Binge watching TV with my family who also had COVID. But everybody bounced back and we're all healthy. Give thanks. But 2022 was also interesting in regards to the podcast because we were able to speak with photographers from all over the country and we expanded into some other countries as well, which is a blessing. So I want to share some of my favorite excerpts from the guests who were able to share their stories and experiences with us. As the creator of this podcast, the amount of inspirational words, advice, and insight that I hear from these photographers is so overwhelmingly dope to listen to. I'm truly honored to be able to hold conversations with these photographers who blessed the podcast in 2022. These are problem solvers, risk takers, visionaries who see beyond the camera into an abundant future. Many have sprouted from humble beginnings and are now breaking barriers. They are moment catchers on film, digital, and video. They are present to the current moment and also willing to sacrifice that moment in order to tattoo it in history. Photography gives them the ability to anticipate life. I hear their stories of fear and gratitude. They share the hard lessons that have shaped them into stronger photographers. Humility allows them to continue learning and growing as artists. These are the stories of which legacies are built. And I'm extremely honored to share them with you all. Stay tuned to hear the best hits of 2022. You are now tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast, best of 2022. We're going to kick it off with episode 48, Atlanta-based photojournalist, Alyssa Pointer. I was the only person in my graduating class that wanted to work at a newspaper. The only one. No one else. I guess they knew something I didn't know. But no one else wanted to work at a newspaper. But it still was interesting to me, so I kept going. But I think that one thing I, I will say about that is I think some people have been taught like photojournalism is being near the action all the time. And I want to strongly disagree and say photojournalism is what you make it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be in violent places to be the best storyteller. Good experiences that as a black woman in the South, when I go to photograph people that look like me, they literally tell me they are relieved. Mm. because I look like them and they are more comfortable allowing me to photograph them because I look like them and I think that's important for media outlets to know but also don't just hire us 
because you need one, exactly. right? Hire us for the reasons that we can do good work and it will help you build a bridge if you would like it with the community that sometimes you are neglecting. Just saying. Episode 49, documentary photographer based in Accra, Ghana, Francis Kokoroko. Photo education is almost non-existent. So we try to fall on each other. We try to fall on experience as well um, in navigating the space. So yes, we show our works to each other, people we trust, and then we expect that you know they open up and tell us what it is and not to just say, oh, nice work. When we share work, you know, we are able to show um, whoever is inter- interested in photography that this is what is possible and this is what photography can do. Um, instead of hoarding the work and limiting its view to, you know, uh, specific spaces, I think for me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer that sharing work has the potential to change lives. Episode 50, portrait photographer based in New York, Keith Major. Yeah, and one of the things that I had to learn in, in the professional space is, you know, sometimes you have to make a choice and move forward because you can get stuck in trying to make it better and you may incur, you know, overtime or just run out of time because you know, on a gig, there are time constraints, you know, if you're shooting a celebrity, you have only so much time, um, you know, or whatever the job may be, there is a cutoff, you know, and it's, it's not really the place always for experimentation and, and trying to, uh, you know, reinvent the wheel as it were, you know, cause sometimes that's what it feels like. It feels like you're trying to really break out into some new area, um, on the clock. And that's a hard thing to do. And I love bringing out the beauty of the real people. Because for me, uh, how I see out of my eyes every day, even when I'm not shooting, I literally see people at their best. I see everybody's beauty. And so for me, it's the challenge of bringing that blessing that God has given me to, you know, to light. Episode 51, Tulsa-based photojournalist, Michael Noble Jr. And the second I saw photojournalism, like I saw a portfolio from one of the students at uh, OU or Western at the time. And I was just like, this is what I want to do. It's it's different every day. You never really know what's going to happen. You get to have some cool memories, you know, going to a big game or I got to photograph, yada, yada, yada. It just seemed like an exciting life. And then... You know, I, I sat there and spoke with my parents and I was like, I think I want to be a photojournalist. <laughs> but like journalism was like, you can't manipulate anything. Mm-hmm. You can't fake anything. You're supposed to be a fly on the wall. I was like, I love that. You just get to see the world the way you see it and share that with other people. And I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do. The, one of the biggest problems of being a minority is when your minority group is, is getting beat up in the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when they go, do I know any black folk? <laughs> do I know any Native Americans? Like, where are my, where are my women at? And it's always <laughs> these most violent 
fucked up situation. Yeah. But the thing with what we're asking for is, yes, we want to shoot these BLM stories because, A, we can get better stories on the ground because we relate to what people are going through on the everyday level. But you know what? I also want to shoot a dog show. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm capable of doing both. Don't just use me when my community is being terrorized. Mm-hmm. Episode 52. Tampa-based portrait and fashion photographer, Sage Causey. Until 2014, when I really started, like, taking photography serious, and that's when I started taking pictures of, like, dark skin and started perfecting how to retouch dark skin. Mm. Just because, like, growing up dark skin, it was always the comments about me being dark skin. I remember this light-skinned boy on my school was in high school. He used to make fun of me because I was dark skin, like, a lot of people from where I'm from, I feel like they favor a lot of light-skinned women. So, like, I made it a point that when I shoot, like, I love shooting dark skin because I feel like it's not exalted enough. Mm-hmm. So, from 2014 is when I, like, started capturing that. Just, like, dark skin, like, dark skin models, dark skin men. And then recently, like, up until last year... I started to think, okay, I want to do, like, fine art, like, taking all the classical pictures that you see, but, like, doing it in a way where it's black models. So I can honestly say now is, like, when I'm doing photography, it's, like, I love it. Like, before, it's just, okay, like, I'm good at taking pictures, and I'm doing it because I just want clout for being a photographer. But now I'm doing it because I want to create something that you can put in your home. Honestly, I think what has helped me keep my eye is that I've never tried to shoot like other people and I've always been very like I have mood boards and inspirations but I don't try to be like other people and I also take lately I've been taking a lot of a lot of inspiration from like old classical photos like ancient Greek sculptures like things like that because there's something First of all, I'm a huge history nerd, but there's something very pure in looking at the past and seeing, like, how they create people, how they make people look in the past. Like, there's a lot of feeling in, like, really old art. So that's really where I'm going. And I want my work to look like that raw, nostalgic art. Realistically, me doing personal projects, makes sense right now so i'm just doing what makes sense this year i'm tired of like trying all these different things just to see like okay who's gonna notice my work like like i said i've been doing it for so long i just i know what works i know it doesn't work i know what i don't want to do so that's kind of where i'm at episode 53 los angeles-based documentary fashion and portraits photographer shamel edwards Mm-hmm. And when it got to the point where I was documenting stories but didn't have images, I was like, oh, I need to take these photos. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to do because I'm the one meeting these people and I want people to believe me, right? Like, if I don't have proof, visual proof, how will they believe me? So it was different from, like, being a journalist, which I had worked as. And it was different from being a writer for a company or for a client this was more like a visual storytelling thing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to become a photographer. 
discovering coffee and being a woman of color, mm-hmm. going to a lot of coffee shops and not seeing people of color, right? And not realizing how much I didn't, realizing how much I didn't know about coffee, I wanted to document my experience. I just felt that coffee was bigger than the drink. Mm. And I wanted to highlight, like, look, whether you like coffee or not, because some people that I found out who follows me because of the Tumblr or coffee photographer or whatever, didn't even like coffee. They just like the culture. They like going to the coffee shop or hanging out or getting a tea or whatever. I'm like, I want to make something that appeals to everybody, but it's going to be rooted in me. Because as I was asking people to go on this journey with me, I was on the journey. I was discovering, I was learning, I was meeting people. My thing was like, I knew that coffee was the world. And I had to like see that for myself. I had traveled some before the coffee photographer, but now it was like, I had this extra reason, right? Like I had this authority almost like, I'm documenting something. I'm a writer. Like I'm here to find out something. And it just happened to be this thing that I could also drink. When you figure out what you love, what you're drawn to, what you're interested in, it's not that it's not a job or it won't become a job because you'll work the hardest you've ever worked in your life. Like, and I say that because when you love something, you have to nurture it, right? You have to water it and you have to give it attention and you have to figure things out. And that's okay. That's the work that you want to do. So figure out what you love or have a strong passion for and just go down the rabbit hole because you might start in one place and end up somewhere totally different, but it's the journey along the way that is the ride you're looking for. Episode 54, New York-based documentary, street, and portrait photographer, Mel D. Cole. To me, it's, it's in a nutshell, it's, it's a love story of loving, you know, hip-hop and loving music, but knowing yourself and knowing that you, uh, you're, not, you're not a rapper, you're not a producer, you're not, a, you're not Diddy, you're not Dr. Dre, you're none of those people. But you want to be close to those people. You want to be in the same rooms with them, breathe the same air as they're breathing. So what do you do? You uh, you document them. And that's that's what I did. I documented what I loved the most. All these artists love photos of themselves, just mm-hmm. like everybody else in the world, but them so even more. You know, most of them have, you know, some of the biggest eagles in the world. That's why they're doing what they you know, mm-hmm. what they're doing. Um, you know, they want to be seen, they want to be looked at. So what I do is try to make them look as best as possible, as great as possible to, you know, my lens. Uh, here you go, here's the photos. And, um, well, I mean, when George Floyd was murdered, um, there wasn't a thought, you know, it was just go. Was, um, put myself on go mode and just went out and you know, focus myself and my lens, my career, everything on documenting what was happening in the streets. So uh, there wasn't much of a change, you know, and for me, it was just, you know, the hardest part was just getting out there and and making sure that I um, stayed out there. Episode 55, New York-based 
portrait and documentary photographer, Leila Amatala Bahrain. Doing the best that you could at that moment and really being uh, gentle with yourself and uh, showing a sense of pride because it takes a lot to get out and to make photographs and to um, manifest your ideas and in, in, in photographs, <laughs> like I mentioned. And so um, when I look back at my work sometimes, you know, and it, the interesting thing too is that for many years I didn't show some of my photographs because I looked at them and there were some imperfections and some blur and, and, and this, that, and the third. And so at the time, I didn't show it. But then, like, I started looking back at my archives, and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting photograph, you know? And I'm not afraid of those imperfections anymore, so I share them, and I'm always interested in uh, how people react, you know, to, to the photographs that I once was afraid to share. I grew up believing that um, I was part of a global Black community. Mm. And my interest and curiosities always pointed east, always pointed uh, abroad. So I've always been interested in um, the, the, the activities, the cultures, the ideas, the philosophies and cosmologies of the global Black diaspora, whether we are on the continent, we are in the Caribbean, South America, Europe, uh, Middle East, and Asia. You know, it's always been an interest to me. And I know I said I was shy earlier, and I, I am shy. But when I have my camera, I, I really don't have a problem with asking someone if, if we can collaborate on a photograph, you know, if I can make a photograph of them. It, it's, it's always, it's, it's not a problem. Episode 56, Brooklyn-based director Ron Brody. Uh, yeah, I just, I just think... Um people get caught up in the visual and they, 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 you know, most people don't, don't look into who's creating it and understand that story because it, it provides such greater context. Mm -hmm. If you understand, understand where it's coming from, you know, in our industry too, um, you know, I might, I might get some scripts or I might get some boards cause I'm in commercials um and, and and someone else might have wrote it you know written it and i don't know who that person is but when i when when that work goes through my filter um you know it is it is that black shutter like as you mentioned it you know so yeah man any great story um is relatable to everybody um in one way or another even if it's like a vague um, kind of connection or meaning, um, that's a way in, you know? So, yeah, I just try and start with, with what way I relate to it. Episode 57, Chicago-based portrait, commercial, and sports photographer, Marcus Smith. If anything, the value of, like, going to quote-unquote school at that time was just the fact that I got to just engross myself in... Yeah environment and whereas if i didn't do that if i would have chosen to try to go another path um because i don't i don't think you necessarily need school to be a photographer but had i gone another path then i wouldn't i, I it would have been a lot harder for me to dedicate like a hundred percent of myself to only photography for a year you don't you don't you don't let the the unknown and the fear and, and that sort of like feeling 
sort of control your actions, you you let it inform you on what you want to do next. And you, you become investigative and try to seek answers and not mm-hmm. uh, be scared to, you know, to move and let it sort of paralyze you. We came from humble beginnings on the south side of Chicago, too. So, but my mom always told me, you can have whatever you want as long as you plan and prepare for it. Mm-hmm. So I am a big believer in that. I never tell myself no. I never uh, say I can't have anything. I always say, uh, you know, how can I get that? And then I start planning and prepping for it. Every big step can be made with small steps. Mm-hmm. So I never I never get intimidated by feeling like something is too far away. I just break it down to smaller steps and take small steps to get there. And even if it's gonna take me ten years, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as I'm taking my little steps, then I'm good. Yeah, because I take the word mentorship and I take the idea of mentorship like seriously. And and I won't lie, like I still look at myself as like somebody that's still kind of learning, mm-hmm. um, you know, because uh, and I feel like I'm I'm somebody that's still kind of like piecing things together, too. So um, it's still things that I'm I'm figuring out. And so um, I'm just trying to, you know, share, you know, pass it down, really. And if I feel like it was, it might have created a shortcut for somebody else coming behind me, then that's what it, you know, then the goal was achieved, really. Episode 58, New York-based portrait and commercial photographer, Kareem Black. Um, at that point, I was a, I was a uh, sponsored skateboarder. And I used, and, and the place that sponsored me was this little skate shop. And they knew that I did photography. And I shot some little ads for them, nice. which ended up which ended up running in paper magazine. And that was the first time that my work was ever published. And you know, I was never paid for it or anything like that. But I was I was um, blown away that a picture that I took mm-hmm. was in a magazine. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I'll never forget it. Like, I I could shoot a billboard today, and I'll never have that feeling that I had then when I saw my picture quarter page in a magazine that's very scary to me to be comfortable it's like um because the world hasn't stopped you know like but if you stop and the world hasn't stopped then it's like uh then you're going to be in the past hopefully on every set be it from magazines to key art there's that little space for like improvisation and and sort of interpretation of the idea um but i do think that there is always that conversation that happens between okay hi this is we're hiring you this is what we saw but we're also hiring you to do your thing episode 59 san jose based photojournalist portrait and sports photographer amanda j kane when you're younger, you don't realize the effect it has, or Indeed. you don't necessarily see it. Indeed. Um, and so in the past 12 years, you know, like I would say towards the last five years, I started to really see, you know, how other professionals look at um, black creatives. Um, 
and so it, it's kind of startling but yeah that's that's what I love about portraiture um I feel like sports uh man there's there's a ton of portraiture that you can do with sports there's a ton of portraiture you can do with music um so that's why kind of like all of those three genres of photography work well for me I mean it's it's unfortunate but again you know you look at the leagues that are most successful and I, and I truly do think that it is not just a hockey issue it is a professional sports issue with diversity you know um the nba the nfl majority of those players are black yes you know what i mean and yet we don't have team photographers actual team photographers actual nba e photographers in those roles you know, people don't just hire photographers. They hire people that can kind of navigate through the difficulties of when things go wrong. Absolutely. Now that I have jitters when I first walk into a male locker room, mostly all white players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable in any way. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I'm probably uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's, that's part of the job. Episode 60. Nigerian-based portrait and commercial photographer, Ibuka Mordi. Being a creative in Nigeria has been limiting to many uh, people because it's more of we get appreciated more by foreigners rather than our own people. Uh, that's like the that's the only challenge basically that Nigerians face. I think it's just about finding the balance because it might be. A sacrificial role that we play as photographers which is where other people enjoy the moment and we're there to seal yeah. the moment yeah for it to be remembered so yeah. yeah we can find the balance and also enjoy the moment while sealing the moment our limitations being like as nigerian creatives are actually what motivates us to go outside the box and to think outside the box but like right now if you give the give us that opportunity or give us that access better gear. You would find photographers even succeeding more because they've already gone through the growth process. They've gone through the limitations. They've been uh, refined into this beautiful creative mindset already, and they will produce when they're given better gear. But if you take away that um, limitation right from the start, you would have photographers who are just like lazy or who do not really appreciate. The growth process so they wouldn't put enough effort into even becoming better versions of themselves episode 61 miami and los angeles based documentary and portrait photographer and commercial director bob metellus to be a moment catcher um i think you have to just be present you have to be present and recognize where you are almost at all times um and i think by doing that, you can almost anticipate things. Uh, and that's the part where I think with people sometimes, you know, you kind of almost lock in on something. Like I feel like sometimes people just kind of lock in and just kind of just don't see nothing else. Well, I'm, I'm kind of like the opposite. I kinda, I'm kind of looking at everything at the same time, at all times. If a job makes sense for me to do it for you right now, right now, and I mind you, I got, a, I got a family, I got kids, I got a studio, I got rent, I got mortgage, I got all these things. But if a job came in right now that made sense for me to do for free because it made sense to do what I'm trying to do in my work, 
I was doing what I believe. The work itself is 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 paramount to me. Like doing the work that I love to do, and feeding the artist that I love to feed, is paramount to me. So that doesn't separate. The money is good. Don't get me wrong. The money is good to make and do these things, but don't don't chase the money if you're afraid of the work. If you're afraid of feeding the artist, because that you won't it won't match. It will never match. You would slide, 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 but you're chasing the money and you're not focusing on the work. People will see it, and you won't get the work no more. And at that point, you stop. Episode 62. New Orleans-based documentary photographer and photojournalist, Rita Harper. I love, like, you know, um, I love being from Atlanta. I love telling stories in Atlanta, but I know that my vision is to tell stories all over the world, honestly, Mm -hmm. internationally, nationally, all over. So I don't just want to be confined to one place. Like, I want to take the gift that I have of storytelling. Mm -hmm every you know everywhere yeah. find and dig stories everywhere because they are like i know that there are stories and just unheard tales that are lying everywhere one of my favorite stories that i told this year was actually about my mom um and her polaroid camera so my mom had a polaroid camera kind of just sitting around and um, I was like, Mom, can I use this? She was like, yeah, you can see if it works. And it still worked. Mm-hmm. And actually, she told me that my grandmother gave that to her as a Christmas gift in probably around 1979. And so my mom has a whole archive of Polaroid photos that she took. And she documented family events like Thanksgiving, um, just, you know, different family get-togethers, Christmas. And she has it all organized and documented from 1979. And so I wrote a story about that, just how that camera was passed down from my grandma to my mother and how she was a documentarian, but didn't really identify as that, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's what she was. um, And that's what she contributed to our family, like documenting our family history and especially Polaroids. Like they're so special because um, they're one of ones. I had just started shooting film too, um, because I was just, researching film photography and I fell in love with film photography so I got my first 35 millimeter film camera um an Olympus OM1 and Ilford HP5 and I just hit the streets in Atlanta in my neighborhood and just started stopping people and asking them hey can I take your portrait people who I just thought had something special and unique to their spirit mm-hmm. who were just characters but not pretending to be you know like people who are walking in their true authentic selves you know like that's something that I'm pretty good at feeling out and so I would stop them and ask them for their portraits and I remember getting that film back and being like wow like this is it I found it this this is what I love like I love celebrating like these people and like feeling like I'm capturing a moment in time, um, something that will be looked back on for historical reference. Like I started Mm. to, I was like, whoa, like I feel this in my heart. Episode 63, New York and Los Angeles-based portrait, fashion, and commercial photographer, Sage East. I am very much, you know, a a go-getter, you know, a hustler. Like I love work. I love, actually this isn't even work to me, right? This this is my passion. Um, This is, you know, something I just really love to do and I can you can catch me doing this for all hours of the day you know into the night if, if you you know let me fly off with it right um but yeah I gotta just take a step back and just remind myself that there's more to this you know 
in the beginning also like I I had this saying where you know I don't <laughs> shoot what it looks like I shoot what it feels like you know mm-hmm. and I try to come more emotionally correct to my work rather than the technicals you know I got my I got my team for that now again that it was it was kind of embedded in into me just because I got used to that you know with my brother but that's you know it's how I started off so I got really comfortable with photographing people beautiful people um all kinds of people all shapes and sizes and you know what I really just kind of admired about each person I photographed was again just everybody was different everybody had a different sense of energy and different personalities that they would exude you can feel it through an image and that's kind of why I continue photographing people because you know you meet people photograph people um, all the time who are different and they have a different sense of energy and just um, beauty to them that is unique to just them. Episode 64, New Mexico-based sports, commercial, and documentary photographer, Evan Green. A lot of other photographers are in a studio setting or something like that, where things are moving a lot more slowly and you have a lot more control over everything that's going on. So I've kind of learned to have to, have to roll the punches a lot more and just be really flexible to get the photos that I'm looking for. A lot of times, you know, there's been a lot of representation on the other side of the camera, but behind the lens, you know, there hasn't been as much. There's not as many, many people. It's a smaller community there even. And so I'm happy to be able to, you know, at least start some kind of legacy and make this more normalized and kind of at least break some barriers for some people. My style is photojournalistic more than anything, of being very hands-off. Um, mm-hmm and just kind of observing the situation and trying to get the best shots from what I can without interfering too much and kind of um, staging too much is my real photography. Episode 65, Mississippi-based documentary photographer, Vanessa Charlotte. Because like, I think that there's so many stories that are told about black folk or people of color that only highlights um, one aspect of ourselves and those aspects are typically things that are sensationalized right yeah. um and so it it takes away the fact that we are like these multifaceted beings with so much more happening in our worlds than what everyone else sees and says and so being from the islands like i'm aware of that in a very um acute way the black experience is not um it's not a single story, right? So my folks are from the Caribbean, but now that I live in Mississippi, there's a very different kind of story that's being told here in Mississippi. Yeah. Or like if you're from up north, that's a whole different kind of story, right? Um, and so I think that diverse voices really highlights the fact that like the black experience is not a single experience. Our lives don't exist in juxtaposition to the white culture. Like oftentimes people try to use a dominant culture as the standard, as a right? As point, if, right. exactly. And it's just like, and I love when Toni Morrison, the late great Toni Morrison said this, like when you do that, it is as if our lives have no meaning. 
have no depth outside of the white gates. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm, I'm literally having like a poetical conversation with light. Yes. Right. When it comes to making photography, like it's, it's something that is actually very thought out and it may like, I want to have a conversation with the audience and I want to have a conversation that supersedes that. Okay. This is a powerful photograph. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> there's these coin phrases that people like to use. Like, it's powerful. It's strong. Why are you saying that? And let's go deeper into that, mm -hmm. right? Like, let's let's explore really, like, what it means to be human in a Black form in this space. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that there's multiple conversations happening at once, right? So there's a conversation that the subject is having with the camera, and the photographer simultaneously. Yes. And then there's a conversation that the, the, the photographer is having with the subject. And so after that's produced, then there's a conversation that is had between the photographer and the audience, and then the audience amongst itself. Yes. That's why I think that photography is so powerful because it's such a democratic process. Like you get to, you get to freely choose how you want to engage with the work. I think that for the longest time, many photographers, and I would say specifically student photographers, don't understand that like their camera is a tool of power. Mm -hmm. So when you're wielding this power, are you being responsible with it? But I do think that when you engage in this practice and, and you choose to document the stories of people who look like you, um, you begin to unveil things about yourself that um, are sometimes hard to look at. Because like a lot of us are living from a position of survival. Mm. And so we're just trying to get through it. Um, and I think that, you know, like when you're a photographer and you're revisiting your work, like these are real emotions that come up. And you have to you have to have your own way of processing that. There are so many photographers whose stories and work can change the world. We are that powerful. We are that magical. I have a long wish list of guests I want on the show, but we never know how the year will pan out. So keep your headphones locked because you just may hear your favorite photographer on the next episode or the one after that. Peace until next time.